0: What's up Renaissance family, my name is Jessica and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service today. I'm the communications director and a member of the teaching team here at Renaissance Church. Before we get into today's message, let's pray. God, would you help us to hear your voice and would you help us to run towards you? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, family, it's July 2020, and we made it to the second half of the year. If we were to rewind a little bit back to March, our church was going through a sermon series that had us taking a deep look at the book of John. John is one of the Gospel accounts we find in the Bible, and it documents the life and words of Jesus. This whole sermon series might sound vaguely familiar to some of you, to be honest, I feel like we've done a year's worth of living in the span of three months, so it might not ring a bell at all, but trust me when I tell you, we were slowly going through the book of John together, hoping to see what Jesus is like, so that we can ultimately get some answers to what I believe is one of the most important questions any of us can ask, what is God like? I'm taking us back to the Book of John today because this whole pandemic we're living through, coupled with the heightened exposure of systemic injustice, has revealed some of my issues, some of my idols, and honestly, some of my shortcomings. And maybe you feel some of that too. In these past three months, I've been confronted with the limitations of my bank account, my abilities, my intelligence, to shield me from uncertainty and suffering. I've had moments, quite frankly, of coming to the end of myself. And in those moments, this passage of scripture we're gonna look at today has both comforted me and challenged me. Let's take a look at it together. It's a statement from Jesus found in John 10. And it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep, leaves them, and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep, that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Jesus says a few powerful things in here which I wanna make sure we all get. He says, I am the good shepherd. He's saying that there are good and bad things that can lead us and he isn't the only thing competing for the role of shepherd. Right now there are things that are directing you and Jesus wants it to be him. He is the shepherd who is good. Jesus is also telling us that his guidance is enduring, meaning that he won't disappear when things get hard he knows your name he knows the details of your life and you're not unknown to him he's also telling us his leadership is sacrificial everything else in our lives asks us to sacrifice to gain it but jesus tells us that he's sacrificed to gain us jesus says i am the good shepherd now knowing the diversity of our church all of you who are watching i know there are a lot of different experiences with Christianity represented. No matter what your level of understanding, though, about Christianity, I feel pretty confident to jump out on a limb and guess that all of us have some point of reference of God as shepherd. Maybe you can imagine one of those cliche biblical illustrations where Jesus is standing in the midst of some cute little sheep and, you know, he's got his chancletas on and there's a river of water flowing nearby. Or even if you haven't seen one of those illustrations, you've watched a movie or listened to a song that quotes the first verse from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Whether it's the priest who recites it as the ship goes down in the movie Titanic or it's Tupac Shakur quoting it on his album, Me Against the World, it's easily one of the most famous Psalms in scripture. And really in different parts of the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, we see references to the imagery of shepherd and sheep. They aren't references that are really familiar for us living in Harlem in 2020, But for the people living during the days of the early church, these would have been really familiar images for them. When Jesus said to them, I am the good shepherd, the listeners would have known shepherds as a primary figure in society. Flocks of sheep were essential to their economy, a largely agrarian society, and essential to their livelihood. When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the listeners would have also likely thought of one of their great heroes of faith, King David, who long before he rose the ranks to the position of king was a young shepherd boy. The people who heard Jesus say, I am the good shepherd would have known that a shepherd exhibited a unique level of devotion to his flock. It was the very nature of his job. The shepherd lived with his sheep. The shepherd slept with his sheep. The shepherd led them to the places where they could find food and water. He nursed them back to health after injury. He kept track of them. He cared for them. If you ask me, it really sounds like a beautiful setup. Jesus is my shepherd. I am his sheep. We are together the perfect illustration shared in Sunday schools across the world. But then I got to thinking a bit. If Jesus is, in fact, the good shepherd and I am his sheep, there's something in that that's both a comfort and equally a challenge. In addition to Jesus being devoted to me, that must mean I should be dependent on him. In an actual relationship between shepherd and sheep, if you take away the shepherd, and this isn't dramatic or an exaggeration, quite literally, the sheep will die. The shepherd is devoted to the sheep and the sheep is dependent on the shepherd. And so here in this realization is where this picture-perfect image of Jesus and sheep, it gets a little bit more nuanced. I've been prone to look at this metaphor and think all about the care Jesus gives us, which is amazing. But I've often failed to see myself as needing to receive Jesus's care because I'm super vulnerable without it. That having Jesus as my shepherd is a need I have, not just a nice to have. I've been quick to call Jesus my shepherd, not realizing I can't fully begin to experience him that way if I never really identify myself and live as a sheep. And what are sheep like? Well, again, this isn't like common knowledge for us who live in Harlem or other urban areas, but sheep are not the sharpest pencils in the box. They're foolish and prone to wander aimlessly. Without a shepherd, they'll graze in the same spot endlessly, not realizing they'd find fresh grass if they only moved to a new location. True story, in 2005, BBC News reported that Turkish shepherds watched in horror as hundreds of their sheep followed each other over a cliff. First one sheep went over, and then they were only followed by a whole flock, according to the reports. It was 1,500 sheep who went over this cliff, and more than 400 of the sheep died in the 15-meter fall. It's clear that sheep need to be directed, they can't be left to themselves. And so, if we are sheep and say, the Lord is my shepherd, it essentially means we're saying, I'm defenseless. I can't provide for myself. I'm nearsighted and can't see what's ahead of me. Basically, I'm in need of care and I'm dependent on Jesus. That's what Jesus is calling us to in John 10, in the text we read this morning. By calling himself the Good Shepherd, he's also calling us to follow him completely. In addition to Jesus being devoted to us, it must mean we should be dependent on him. Social scientists, and I think most of us, can agree that we as humans have fundamental needs core to who we are. We need food and water. We need protection. We need hope. And with these words in John 10, I think Jesus zeroes in on one of our other core needs. And ultimately, he reveals himself as the one we seek. When Jesus tells us he's the good shepherd, I believe it's because he understands better than anyone else, the heart of you and me, that inside all of us, we're looking to be cared for, we're hoping to be led, We want to know confidently that there's someone or something greater than us that has our back. Jesus offers us this kind of care and leading that we long for, but I ask myself, why do I struggle with being his sheep? As I dug into my own heart, I identified a few things, and maybe some of these resonate with you too. One of my struggles is that I'm suspicious of leaders and authority. And, you know, as much as we desire good leadership, I think many of us are suspicious of leaders in general. Many of the conversations we're having today have to do with authority structures and the abuse of power. So today we're suspicious of politicians, we're suspicious of police, of big corporations, of the church, And all of this distrust is based on abuses of power we've read about or we've witnessed firsthand. Where there's authority given, we often assume an abuse of power isn't far behind. And so we'd be foolish to place our trust completely in leaders who may let us down or don't have our best interests in mind. And whether consciously or unconsciously, we place this same distrust on Jesus and question if he's leading us in a place, in a way that will really end up for our good. But despite our skepticism, Jesus really is and tells us he is the good shepherd. Another thing that's challenging is we're all about self-reliance, particularly in the United States. And when we can't trust organizations and we can't trust others around us, we might decide, hey, I'm pretty smart. I'm the friend people hit up when they need life advice. You know what? I'm gonna care for myself. And this is a bit scary because all of us tend to think we're way smarter than we are, yet Jesus again tells us we're actually sheep. When I think about myself 10 years ago and look at photos of me, more specifically my eyebrows, I'm like, Jessica, girlfriend, girlfriend, what were you thinking? No lie. My 2003 eyebrows resembled those of a macaroni penguin. I've come a long way, y'all, seriously. But quite honestly, I'm sure I've got an even longer way to go. And that's just the trivial stuff. Many of you know that years before I met Jordan, I was married and my first husband died suddenly in a motorcycle accident. We'd been married just a few short months and there I was, a 26-year-old widow. I was in tremendous pain and had little idea about what my life should look like next. I'm sure in that moment that Jesus wanted to lead and care for me. But in my disappointment, there was a big piece of me that was confident Jesus might not know what he's doing. And maybe you understand what that feels like with all that's going on around you. Maybe you've lost a job, you've lost a loved one, which is something my family is struggling with. You're in the relationship that doesn't look like you thought it would. You face the hard choice of having to leave New York City or wherever you've been living. And in the disappointment, in the uncertainty, your first impulse might not be to rest or to listen to Jesus' words for you. It might be to take things into your own hands. My present self looks back on my 26-year-old widow Jessica self and knows I did some foolish things based on that decision to take things into my own hands. My present self looks back and says, back then I didn't know, and I really did need some good leadership. Think about yourself 10 years ago. Whether it's the fashion choices, the relationship choices, the financial choices, how you understood God, you too can probably see how you were uninformed. Your present self always thinks you would have been better and done better if you knew better. Well, the problem is that your future self 10 years from now will look back at you right now as someone who is uninformed. 10 years from now, you'll look back and say, back then in 2020, I thought I had things figured out, but I was such a fool. This global pandemic makes this point really clearly in an even more condensed timeline. We can all think back to ourselves in January of this year and the plans we've made, the trips we were going to take, the career moves we would make. Where's all that now? If Jesus is calling us sheep, he's saying that we are nearsighted, that there is a direction that we think will lead us somewhere good, but in the end, it's actually leading to our destruction. I want you to wrestle with that as you think about what it means to be a sheep following Jesus, our shepherd. That there are ways that you may think are good, and they're not. One of the things I want to challenge us to think about this week is that we give ourselves a lot more credit than we often deserve. The other challenge that I have for myself as I look to be dependent on Jesus is, I might give him some leadership in some of the areas of my life, but then not all of the areas. Like, yeah, Jesus, you can lead me in this relationship, but not in that one that requires me to exercise more patience, more grace, more forgiveness. And yeah, Jesus, you can get a little bit up in my finances, but just within the bounds of me still being able to ball out in ways that keep me comfortable and keep me up with my peers. And yeah, Jesus, you can get the glory and the God is goods when things in my life are going great But when disappointment or waiting or suffering come, which many of us have experienced in these past few months, that's when it's time for me to take back the wheel. The honest truth is most of us don't want a shepherd. We want a consultant. We want to review Jesus' suggestions, pick and choose the ones that work for the way our lives are set up. But... If Jesus is my devoted shepherd, that means I must be his dependent sheep. The struggle is real, family, and how can we depend on Jesus fully, completely? As I read John 10, to me, it's almost as though Jesus anticipates all of our misgivings, all of our doubts about leaders, our tendencies to look at external sources or ourselves. It's like in John 10, before anyone speaks a word in the crowd, he wants to be clear that he's a different kind of shepherd, a different kind of leader. He's the good shepherd. He's not the hired hand who doesn't have any real concern for you. He's not the caretaker who leaves you high and dry when things get tough. Jesus tells us in John 10 that he protects unconditionally. He knows your name. He knows everything about you and still chooses to pursue you. He lays down his life. He treasures you. His whole life is tending to the flock. You are his everything. Jesus can say he's the good shepherd because he understands the experience of the sheep. He is the lamb who suffered and was slaughtered on our behalf. He's not only kind, he's also strong, strong enough to take up his life again. Family, as we go through unexpected, uncertain, disappointing times, isn't this the kind of care we're looking for, the kind of rest we desire to enter into? You might be asking, what does it look like to make Jesus my everything, to give myself fully over to him, to see him as my shepherd, my provider, my sustainer, my protector? Well, first, I think we have to do the daily hard work of admitting we are sheep in need of someone to lay their life down for us. And then we need to look at our friends, the sheep, and see what they do. They obey their shepherd. We'll never experience the green pastures Jesus wants to take us to if we don't follow him there. We won't experience the fullness of Jesus's protection if we don't listen to his voice. And how can we know his voice? By reading and listening to his words found in scripture. If you don't know where to start this week, I'd love for you to spend time reading and meditating on John 15. It's a really rich text. It'll take you about five minutes to read. And the entire chapter is the words of Jesus alone. If you take the time to read them this week, I want you to read them as though it's Jesus saying them directly to you. And then after we've admitted our need for a shepherd and spent time hearing God's voice, we can also ask God to search us and show us which areas of our lives we haven't given over to him. And when we see those areas, we need to ask for his help. This could look like making a list of temptations where we're most likely to get disappointed when things aren't going our way, and then crying out to our shepherd We can pray to God saying, even though I'm walking through this valley, this period that is so hard, I will obey, I will not fear, I will trust that you are with me. In our moments of deepest anxiety, it's usually because we have this feeling that everything is up to us. And while we may resist depending on Jesus, there is a real benefit to being led by someone who actually knows what they're doing. Brothers and sisters, what would it look like if we gave ourselves fully over to him? I think and I hope my prayer for us is that we would walk around like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. May this be a declaration over all of our lives, family. Amen.